A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here we go. Please let me be. Not so hot. It's a hundred eight in LA today. There's a heat wave outside <laughs> right now. Excessive heat warning for LA County. Please give water to unhoused people. Seek shelter. Seek shelter. Cool Starbucks. Cool. Oh my God. Starbucks is truly the only place where you can find respite from the heat wave. Can I tell you something? In this economy. I went to the Starbucks a block away over there mm-hmm. and it said mass optional. <gasps> it and did. so I walked in without a mask and I ordered and I didn't wear a mask in Starbucks. Okay. I, that makes If you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Incredibly outraged because today I was walking Tony on my walk and this has happened to me a couple of times because that Starbucks has always been like mask on. And I'll get like around the block and be ready to like smash my mobile order and stroll in mm-hmm. and then realize I don't have a mask. So then I have to walk home, get a mask and walk back. And that happened to me today. And I didn't realize I could have just walked in sans Did someone mask. yell at you? No, I just, I always get like across the street from the Starbucks and then yeah. I'll realize. And so I mean, then, maybe they just, because the mandate lifted today in LA. It must have, I thought it was either, because then I was like, oh, maybe it's lifted. But then I thought it was lifting the 16th. So I wasn't sure. And I didn't want to like cause any trouble. So I went in with I think mask. it's. I think it's at the business's discretion. discretion but yeah. I, I walked in, I was the only one not wearing a mask. And yeah. I was like, what a far cry from like. <laughs> Miss Marm, Mask Marm. I'm, I'm like, I was like the full, going full you Marm. You were the first person to wear a mask. I wore a mask in here in like February. Yeah. But now, and I felt, and I felt a little judged and a little self-conscious. It's hard. Well, cause then I walked in with my mask and saw everyone wearing a mask. So I was like, oh, I must've, it, mu- the mandate must not be. But I also didn't see 
the sign outside and then it was i was just having flashbacks to last summer of mask summer where oh, it was yeah. just like a sweat fest on your face 24 7 just breaking out like crater face just full facially saunaing yourself with your own disgusting stale Ew. breath and yeah. sweating just like profusely all summer with a mask on and then i was like never again never again i just felt like I felt nude mm-hmm. and I felt like the trauma that we have from the past year. Like I just, I felt paralyzed by this difference. You know what I mean? Of like, what yeah. a difference. And and I could see some people clocked me and I felt suddenly like, Oh my God, do they think I'm like a Karen? <laughs> Even though there's a sign outside that says you don't have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated. And yeah. I, I'm, yeah, so I, I don't know, but then it also felt like liberating and kind of like, mm. it's like true I, freedom. It was like true exhibition. I was like mm. living out loud here. You all get to see my, you know, ingrown hair acne from my <laughs> shave yesterday in my mouth. You're like I worked hard in this lower half of my face. Yeah, welcome, welcome. But I don't know. It was like very out of body. Yeah, and like how fucked up is that? That we just spent a year like in the earth. It's strange. Like the mask judgment is and like or the post trauma from mask judgment. Cause I really thought the whole time, like when I was when I would walk Tony or be outside, like I followed whatever you the were, scientific shit was that you said. You always wore a mask. You were You don't you need were, to but I like wouldn't wear masks outside because you didn't fucking need to and I'd walk away from people. But then there was a period of time, I think after the second wave, where everyone got like really masky outside and well, I that was, was when like, there were like thirty thousand cases a day. In yeah. LA. But I was also like, this is so stupid. Like yeah. if we don't get near each other and we're outdoors but i also didn't want to be the like asshole that's not but then you just feel like a sheep i don't know it was like we literally went through a mind fuck and a half yeah i mean i don't think i think i've read like there probably was zero chance case of someone getting covid from something like running by them yeah you have to be like inside for like to be indoors and like speaking to someone at great length yeah but you were all i mean you were very careful i mean you didn't see anyone no you were at one point you were like i'm a mole person i'm literally trying to like reconcile my mole person dumb because i'm now just trying to reintegrate myself into real life and it's hard i feel like i don't know how to speak to people i don't know how to like text people I think also with like not drinking, mm. that even makes it a little bit harder. Maybe it wasn't yeah. the right year to like be like, I'm not drinking because. Or maybe it's the right year. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely had pros and cons, but it also makes it a little bit harder oh, to like. Sure. Lubricate in the. In group situations. Yeah. No, like, it's, it's. I think there is a level of like drinking that does like bond you with other people in group situations and so to feel like yeah but it's also why not take the bandit off and like do it sober so when if ever you do decide to have a glass of wine or whatever like not saying you will but like then you can say like okay i was able to do that without yeah substance no it's like Which it's is cool it's a challenge for sure and Which it's is like cool. a way to reevaluate my relationship with alcohol which was the whole point 
I'm excited, honestly, for in-person recovery meetings. Yeah. Which is starting soon, which I'm like, I don't know. Other people out there, my fellow addicts in recovery out there, like, if you're part of a any kind of recovery program, like, it's been fucking hard to commit I cannot- to that. And I I fell off completely, I will admit. I'll be the first one to say, like, I'm not working a program right now. I'm still sober, but mm-hmm. I'm not, like, I have n- my s- no skin in the game, and I need to get plugged the fuck in. No, I, I can't imagine. Because w- for me, that's part of the, part of the, mur- like, that's my recovery is based in, like, being amongst others in person. Based in shared. Yeah, based in... <laughs> Shared. Shared. Not shared. <laughs> Instead of not, not shared. shared. That's my favorite. <laughs> Based in New Zealand. Um, I can't, like, the, I'm sure so many people just fell off the wagon or had yeah. such a difficult journey over the past year with recovery, like. Or just are dry as hell. Yeah. Like, I've been, there are moments where I've been super dry and, like. A dry drunk. Yeah, just, like, bad habits. Oh my God, I, I don't even remember like terms. That's how bad it is. <laughs> but I'm excited. It's going to be good. I think everyone's sort of, I'm sure everyone who's in that journey is probably feeling the same way or maybe not. Some people probably like the online thing. I just I just know that this, this cokehead needs and drunk needs to be around other drunks and addicts yeah. in person. Hits differently, IRL. I just remember like I was at, a meeting last year and someone was like before the pandemic and someone was like hey guys like and it was a meeting there's it's like a whole mixed bag of eight like any anywhere from like 20 to 70 were in the room and a lot of them like older gay men and uh someone was just like we should really talk about this covid thing like it could be they're, they're talking about shutting up schools in la like if that happens like we're gonna have to switch to online and everyone was like oh and then some young person was like, it only is like a risk if you're over 50 or 60. And everyone in the room started cracking up because like everyone in the room was over <laughs> 60. <laughs> and he was like, and they were all like, and he was like, okay, yeah, fair. Yeah. God. Anyway. Um, it's no, it's hard. Speaking- I saw, speaking of like just the saddest thing of all time, and then we can bring the mood up a little bit. I was like, I was searching for some darkness and turned to intervention. I've like really like been craving a lot of like drug documentary content lately. So I watched um, Crime of the Century. Hmm. Then I turned to my doozy, right? (laughs) Didn't it feel apocalyptic? Yeah. It feel it's like absolutely hopeless actually, because you just realize for anyone that doesn't know, this is a two-part documentary on HBO Max, and it's all about the opioid crisis. And the Sackler family. And Purdue Pharma, and just everyone down the chain who benefits and makes money off of opioids, and how literally it's blood. It's just a whole... Murder. It's blood money. How many people have died? 600,000? I think 450,000 from 2000. 10 or 11 to 19 just an, a shocking amount of people and they continue to die and nothing is really the, done uh, how about that emt who was like i i stare down like the abyss every day yeah and sometimes there's like 12 overdoses in a day in like one town 
it's just like it's crazy and you yeah. just realize wow like this is a whole infrastructure for people to just make money off of getting people addicted to drugs yeah and all within the legal realm and the only people that face consequences are people that don't have enough money to just snake their way out of it and people who die well that's the ultimate consequence <laughs> no i know but it's like that's your your options are just to go into debt or die yeah or you're just like a kind of a mid-level player that gets caught and you take the heat for like a much larger oh yeah all those that that like woman. the sales people in florida what was that woman's name sunrise lee yeah i want a movie about her yeah and that fast talking sales guy Oof. who I liked at first, I was like, Ooh, he's great. He's a wheeler and a dealer. And then I was like, Laura, nope, he's you have disordered thinking. He yeah. is a horrible person. <laughs> I mean, but I watched that and then intervention as now they've decided to focus on the darkest place in the world, Las Vegas. So they have like a whole bunch of episodes that are strictly focused on like end of the line, like Vegas people, which opioids it's it can be anything it's a whole mixed bag but there was this kid this is probably the saddest episode i've ever seen it was a kid named jake who was gay and had come out his family was really conservative they his parents his mom had like he was adopted his mom had abandoned him already like his adopted mom Sent him to live with his dad. He, like, eventually came out to his dad. His dad didn't support him. He was interested in politics, and he was a conservative, and then worked his way up the chain, like, in politics. And then when he came out, the people that he worked with were like, you're not going to get really far if you're, like, out. And so he basically was just, like, abandoned by everyone, and then was basically in a leaving Las Vegas, like, drinking himself to death situation. He's in his 20s, like, early 20s. Does he look old? No, but he had bleach blonde hair, which is the first sign of gay crisis. And Vegas. Yeah, and lives in Vegas and is like just drinking alone and is just sad and tr- has been hospitalized eight times in the past year for like... Alcohol poisoning? Yeah, and it's just like this was a person that truly had no hope and almost like no reason to have hope. Like needs fam like has so much trauma and needs so much love and i was just like this is happy pride i know it was i watched it on pride i was like fuck yeah so jake if you're listening not really i mean he truly and i think this is the case for a lot of gay people just like who find themselves in these situations where your family doesn't support you and like your work doesn't support you. And I, hopefully it's like less and less now, but it was shocking to see that still be like a very certain reality, especially for someone so young where I literally wanted to be like, babe, you're the hottest person in your family. It's all going to be okay. He He was so cute. He was so handsome. Obviously when you're drinking that much, you kind of look like a ghoul, but like, Prior to that, I was like, you're so handsome. You literally have everything going for you. Like, you just have to stop drinking, which is a huge hurdle to get over. But, like... I mean, there's a lot of addiction in the LGBT community. Yeah. I was, like, trying to look him up, like, find out his last name and look him up so I could reach out and be like, don't give up on yourself. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, I think we live in like bubbles, but there's a lot of that still happening. Even in these bubbles, within these bubbles, there's people who are unpacking shame and like still repressed or clot. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. still, it's it's still people assume that things are just better for queer people, and like they are in so many ways, but they're not in so many ways. And yeah, I think like queer trauma is like has a huge part in causing addiction or exacer or like exacerbating an addiction that's already there yeah but that's cool did his dad at least come to the intervention yeah his dad and one of his sisters came did they love on him they kind of did but it was also just like you could tell that such weird shit went down in their family that they're not really talking about and like there was there was very limited points of connection for him. He had like an older mentor that was a social worker that had tried to help him out when he was exhibiting behavior problems as like a youth. So that guy was there who was basically like a surrogate father figure for him. And then some other like older gay in Las Vegas that was a friend, but I'm also was just like, Hmm, Mm. but I don't know readers do you know jake in las vegas from intervention because we need him to live wya where you at Mm. identify yourself you're safe here reach out to jake for the love of god we must save jake oh my god i'm literally like i cannot stop thinking about him and i had to just traumatize other people with my thoughts on jake because he like protect like save jake 2021 yeah i'm ready like i will fucking helicopter in the rock style i have like a megaphone and a helicopter over vegas and i'm like jake if you're in there come out (laughs) come out again come out again it's okay and i like that's what you do you go go around to like areas of like america (laughs) where being gay is not as like accepted and you like save gay men who are I save like sad gay men who are really not feeling Supported. accepted or seen. I've got you. I've got you. Hold on. You're like in the Spice World video where they're in that like Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. That's you. I just am collecting. <laughs> there he is. Down. Drop me. <laughs> um. Well, damn. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of traumatized. <laughs> Really fast, and then we'll get into the rock of love. We're going to just do like 30 minutes on trauma, and then we're going to swing into the rock of love. No, This is, okay, I just need to to, like, things are, I'm glad that we're being honest in the last two episodes about stuff. Mm -hmm. I just need to discuss. (laughs) Our truths. Chrissy Teigen apologized on Medium. She wrote like a five minute read. I read that last night. It was pretty ghastly. I have to say. Yeah, I was like, this ain't it, babe. She could have just, I, I, you know, I, I can't imagine she's probably feeling a lot of shame right now. I mean, or at least pretending to. I just have to say, like, there's one part of the apology that, like, truly darked me out so much when she was, like, she was sort of, um, she was, like, I, but she basically was, talk like lamenting this her betrayal of like the purity of what social media is supposed to be which is like can it she's like think about the amazing engineers and 
and designers who, who created this incredible platform, Twitter, where people could from all over the world could be connected. And I was like, okay. And she's like, and I used it to be snarky at celebrities. I'm like, one, you used it to tell, used it to tell people to kill 16 themselves. 16 year old people to kill themselves on a daily basis and direct message them and tell them to go into the earth. <laughs> and second of all, we don't need to praise tech, right? Big tech right now. Yeah. I was Twitter like, okay, Twitter like obviously paid you. At yeah. Some point. But also Twitter is, des- was designed, literally designed for hate. Cause hate is money and gets more clicks. Like it's actually don't say it fa- the algorithm favors that I would say, I don't, I be- think it was designed. Cause I experienced that same feeling when Twitter first started where it's like, Oh my God, like you could talk to no, anyone yeah. on here. But I, I get that. I just think it's, it's like in 2021, it's like night. It's think it's stupid to be like, no, it's like the, <laughs> the love affair half ended. Yeah. The love affair with Twitter and faith. And like, I it just, that part really, I was like, okay. Twitter is like hater central. And then her hater be hated. And then there's one part where she's asking these rhetorical questions. And she's like, why would I do this? And I'm like, well, don't ask us. <laughs> Fuck you. The part that stuck out <laughs> to reflect. me is when she was like, and now I'm reaching out to people privately to try and apologize to them. It's like my very own version of my name is Earl. And I just literally was like, got a vision of her eventually pitching this as a TV show, oh, yeah. which I'm sure will happen. It will. And it's like, like, this is your life kind of thing where she just brings on. Yeah. Like the TV show is like snarky, like model, hilarious model and snarker faces consequences for being a troll. And it's like, you're missing the point of the, this entire thing. It's like, you weren't just a troll. Like you're, you were like violently hateful yeah, and bullied people. And I hate that word, but it's like, you did she that was online. Like, there's a difference between trolling, which I think of as more like making fun of someone or just like being endlessly sarcastic or like punching up. Yeah. And there and telling someone to kill themselves. Like and not, then that guy, did you see the oh, guy from Project Runway? Mike Costello. He he who said that her and Monica Rose, failing Monica Rose, who was fired by the Kardashians for stealing their clothes, bullied him to the point like I guess a like one of his employees cyber slandered him and like posted fake shots of him using racial slurs that were and i think proven to they be were fake. proven to be false and chrissy teigen just slid right into his dms and was like i guess they didn't really know each other that well or something or like they worked on each other and he and was like she Haha, took, you're better off dead like not just in the dms like in public she was she took it and ran with it and didn't like and he i think it was proven that it was like slander or not it was doctored images of like him using terrible like racist language and he messaged chrissy after it was and he was like hey chrissy like this is actually not real and i can you just because i think he was friendly with them and was like can you just maybe can you we talk on the phone talk on the phone and so i can explain this and maybe you can like take down what you've said about me and she was like fuck you like you deserve to die like can't wait for you to be dead. It was just like, <laughs> oh my god. He he included screenshots of her, t- and she was like, she was like, people like you should be dead, and like I can't wait to see you die. Yeah, and it was just like, this- be like, doors are gonna close. You'll never work in this town again. And, she, and then and got he like started get he'd get jobs pulled and stuff, and like. But then he also like 
then like Beyonce works with him and like Jennifer Hudson and God, like people I think know that he's like a good person and yeah, he's done some, he did that incredible dress that Beyonce wore. That's like kind of white with like patches, like, you know what I'm talking about Mm-mm. to the Grammys one year when she had like kind of a bob hair. Oh, maybe I do know that. I'll find it. But he's an incredible designer. Yeah. But he's also seemed like a good person and was considering suicide even up until like last year. Because Chrissy and Monica Rose went about town and just like, were like, he deserves to die. Keep, <laughs> I want you to, How many like, people have been 5150 at the hands of Chrissy Teigen? But she, she's telling, she's repeatedly telling people they deserve to die. Like, it's not. And telling them they're better off dead. That's, that veers into like sociopath territory or psych- That's like the girl who was like, you need to kill yourself to your, her boyfriend, Michelle Carter. Yeah. Like, I mean, Chris- I think even her, like, pleas to him were coming from a nicer place than from Chrissy's. I mean, I think she was actually in her warped mind trying to help him. And also he was kind of a sicko too. Yeah. But Chrissy was, Chrissy's just cruel. You deserve to die. That's her going into (laughs) showing up in Courtney Stodden's DMS and messaging them. Like, can't wait for you to take a nap in the, in the soil. Like, you deserve, I, have you died yet? I want you to die. When are you going to just die? When are you just going to die? <laughs> Seems like you're better off dead. And then she, and then she posts this thing and she's like, I want to personally apologize to every single person. And I will li- literally have them sit in front of me and apologize to them and have them tell me everything I've done to them while I sob in their face. And I was like, well, don't do well, don't that. Don't do that. Cause then you're just making them bear your emotional yeah. like load. Why are you? Why like, are you such a fucking, like, mess? I'm sorry. No, it's and, messy. And I have been, I have to say, like, she followed me on Twitter for a while and, like, would tweet at me occasionally. And, like, I, so I was very careful about, because I'm afraid, I was afraid of her wrath. And just when I thought she, like, wasn't paying attention, she would, like, DM me, like, who is this person? Like, she, because so she was always watching. So I was always very people like, that are super online like that are always watching, and that is a frame of mind that totally chills me to my core. And I've had moments where I've been very online and had like I'm I've had to like really like I'm currently taking a Twitter hiatus for like other reasons, not Chrissy taking <laughs> like other reasons. But I feel like people, it's good that people are talking about her because she's she's wielded so much power and she's used it for like terrible things. Well, for self-promotion and then also just what do you truly get? I mean, I, what do you get out of telling someone they deserve to die? And like, regardless of if you think, if you don't like them, like going, you deserve to die. There are plenty of people that I don't like at all, but like, would I ever I would just never conduct myself in that way. So it shocks me when people would because I'm like, A, just for self-preservation, like even if you are the kind of person that is like dying to DM people and say, you deserve to die. When are you going to die? Like for self-preservation purposes, you just shouldn't do that because then it's in writing and sometimes, and whatever you say can and will be screenshotted and used against you. So like rule number one, the public is like, court of opinion. yeah, just like don't do that. Yeah. But also to think you're somehow above that and like, and then also to think that that's okay to do it just like that would never 
that just would never enter my mind as something that feels like okay to do to yeah. another person regardless there's, of whether I think they're deserving of life or not. There's so many other things. If you don't like someone and think that they're... And let's be real. Courtney Stodden at the time was 16 years old and they were kind of trapped. And essentially, like, I mean, it was consensual, but like... It was also it was, a fucked up situation, and she was really over-sexualized at such a young age, so I, I can see how people she's would also, think... She's also... They know. Oh, yeah. They were over-sexualized at such a young age, and I could see how people would think that they were, like, more mature because of their presentation, but at the same time, it's like a child bride, so... You, and then someone who's And there's a difference years. between making fun of someone and then... Being, like... Being... Hey. incredibly cruel to them in a public forum about and in people. private like i feel like this on this podcast like we troll but never to the point of like you, you deserve kill hey you should mm, hey dirt nap baby <laughs> dirt nap why are you saying this chrissy teague it's, it's like fucked up like Hey, have you taken a dirt nap yet? Soon you'll close your eyes and never wake up and you'll be dead forever. It's like you... You're insane for that. You're not even insane. You're just evil. Also, it's like, (laughs) how do you get married to a person? Like, if I found out that I was dating someone or... And my fiancé or, like, the love of my life had this whole other side to their personality where they were DMing people, telling them how badly they wanted them to die... I would be incredibly concerned. She was like, my husband always tells me our daughter reminds him of me. And I was like, well, (laughs) let's hope not. (laughs) Not to bring the kids in, but like that's, can you imagine if you like learned that about your parent, that they were like spending a good decade going, you deserve to die. Have you died yet? It's just really wild. Yeah. I also, um, she heard us. I know. We're, (laughs) But the thing is, my impression of her medium post was like, oh, we're still, the game is still being played. Yeah, she's still trying. And I don't think that there will be lasting, like, repercussions, repercussions or consequences. For no. It. Like, it's all just part of the public theater anyways. She'll be on, like, some Ellen-produced talk show like she'll have her own talk show like you give it time and everyone and bounces back because they're all part of this like entertainment economy but it also this happened this revelation that courtney stodden gave in that profile like was only a month ago and chrissy teigen took to her hi all it's like okay you could maybe just take a year off Mm -hmm. maybe just literally do like you've taken a month like that just shows how she is so addicted to the like attention. I mean, we're all addicted to like the dopamine that you get from social media. Mm-hmm. But like, she is just has no. I don't. You can't learn something. You can't unlearn that kind of behavior in a month. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Like I've. <laughs> like, I don't babe, know. I'm you're... not gonna. But like, I I've I've trolled people, but like, I I don't think I've ever in my been like you need to kill yourself to someone i cyber bullied my brother once (laughs) (laughs) from where like upstairs in middle school yeah like from my friend's house when he signed on to aol and i like remember when aol you couldn't sign on to your only one person in the household could sign on at a time it almost ruined my family's life because i signed on to my friend's account and was like 
I know where you live and I'm going to kill you. I'm going to come and I'm going to kill you and oh murder you if you don't log off right now. Like, obviously it was me. And then he got his ultimate revenge by reporting that account as, like, a terrorist. Hell yeah. Then my friend's whole family's AOL account got shut down. Then you back, it backfired. It backfired. Karma completely. had its kiss for you, Laura. It shut down my whole friend and her family, like her mom's email, like her sister's hers. They could not log on. My dad tried to call AOL at corporate and be like, sorry, my kids are freaks who like can't resolve any of their problems in a normal way. And like, this has nothing to do with this family. Like you can shut down all of our stuff, but please reactivate theirs. And they were like, no, we take terrorism and threats seriously. And so then we had to like go and meet with the district attorney of Oklahoma. And I had to like write a long letter saying like cyberbullied my brother. And I'm really sorry for conducting myself in that manner uh-huh. online and like had to meet with him and like apologize well, it's- and then have like that documented and then given to AOL so that they're <laughs> friends' families' accounts could be reactivated. So I learned my lesson at a young age about a cyberbullying Well, it's wild that, like, you don't have... No one had any, like... Especially when it was so... It was, like, the wild, wild west. And, like, no one had any sense of consequence for, like, early social media. I had a big sense. Well, now you do. (laughs) But I'm saying before you did that, like, you just... You say these things and, like, yeah, everyone has, like, been done been like mean on AIM but like just but I remember just being like hearing that kid who bullied RIP (laughs) RIP to a real one RIP to him (laughs) hearing him just and say it to other people and just like I would hear him and just be like hey kill yourself like that is like that stays with you and and trigger warning obviously but like Chrissy Teigen like and that was when I was like 14 Courtney Stodden, or 13, Courtney Stodden was only three years older than that. So, yeah. like, your temporal lobe is not fully formed at that age. And you're having someone who's an eld, like, a superior to you, in a way, because they're older than you. It's, like, basically having, like, an older person in high school being, like, kill yourself. Mm-hmm. Dirt nap. Like, that's fucking shocking and probably completely traumatizing. And even so. in just it in my mind that like the people in those situations who are telling other people that are probably actually telling themselves that quite a bit. Mm. And that's I, I could see that for some people, but I think some people don't think like that. I think some people just want to spread pain. I honestly think. But that also, I think, has to be... I mean, I'm choosing to believe. I wonder what the readers think. Because, like, it literally just hit me. I was like, oh, this is probably a person that, like, deeply... Yeah, maybe. ...hates themselves a lot. Or, like, runs that kind of negative self-talk. Not that we get to see that vulnerability at all. And not that it's even appropriate at this time to, like, come forward with that. It's like, babe, you've been online enough. You need to, like shut the laptop and go enjoy your mansion and your beautiful kids and your beautiful husband, your beautiful life. Like clearly loves you unconditionally. So like go, but she could do a lot more than this apology is what I was going to say. And by that, I think think taking more time, say nothing, say nothing, therapy, continue going to therapy. Maybe, maybe stop telling us how you publicly apologize and like actually like, Find a way to apologize where it's not other people 
like it's like that thing of like is if a tree falls in the if someone apologizes for being after being canceled and no one hears it it could still happen yeah you could you could do that offline and mm-hmm. not write a fucking medium post about how you're sobbing and like kind of adding pity to yourself and yeah like but I, I think I just, it's all part of the like bounce you're back so plan. Right. there's gonna be like a book in there somewhere it's very much like that's kind of a new entertainment trajectory for canceled people and i bet that her fan base is like more ardent and activated than ever it's like the stassi schroeder effect like when she was canceled her Instagram followers went up. She disappeared for like six months. She was pregnant, gave birth to this baby, then started a members only podcast on Patreon. Like it's rebranding as this like new couple with a baby podcast. And I'm sure is making like fucking bank off of it because the people that love you and who are your like dedicated diehard fans, they don't give a shit about like what you've done. <laughs> the Khaleesi's are hardcore. The Khaleesi's like don't give a actual fuck. Because they all probably are like that. Yeah. And I think like that's what drew them to her in the first place. Yeah. Not necessarily like her racist attitude or actions, but like elements of her personality. Her, her brattiness. And like that way that she was. So I her feel like the same thing. It's a very like She'll rebrand. It's a parallel. It's totally parallel. Like I could see a book deal. Oh totally. Good luck to her to the to the ghostwriter. I just have to say of Chrissy Teigen's forthcoming <laughs> memoir. Hey, if you're a writer and you're looking for a job, Coming you should up. reach out to her right now. Yeah. Start laying that groundwork. Speaking of, Speaking let's do it. Let's okay. We need to we need to come souls. out of this. I hope that was way in. If we're completely off base, again, don't tell us. Yeah, don't weigh in. <laughs> and don't t- when Carrie says weigh in and tell us that. Tell Please us, don't. don't. Speak among yourselves. Only if you agree. Yeah. <laughs> Much like Chrissy's fans, I just want the fans of this pod who are positive to weigh in and tell us how much they love what we say. I don't want to hear any negativity. I've had enough. I've watched enough intervention and seen enough opioid docs this week. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss 
Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know that hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine? That is where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement, unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code SEXYUNIQUE at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry! Your hair and skin will thank you. Sibling fights are unavoidable. But what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, Princess Diana. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Disintel, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Disintel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, 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 I'm Carrie. I'm Lara. And you're listening to the finale of, of Sexy, Sexy Unique, Unique Podcast. Insatiable Bitch Goddesses. Not the finale of Sex Eating Podcast. No, just, just the some... insatiable bitches. Guys, this is Whoa. the end of the road. This is the end of the tour for all of Rock for, of Love. Yeah, an ending with not a bang, but a whimper. Oh, not even a whimper. A, a, a death rattle. Like a silent but deadly fart. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's that thing where you're like, you're crying, but no noise is coming out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. And you think it's like you're watching the person. And you're like, oh, this is where the volume comes in. Or this is where the actual cry is. Le- it it just, never comes. This It's such a interesting season because going back through all these moments, I remembered how entertaining and great yeah. this season was until suddenly it was just like so boring. They really, I think they really screwed the pooch with like who they kept around. I think, I think, and I think I, you could feel that like a heaviness, Mm -hmm. like they knew that they had made a mistake with the final, 
You gotta be. It's a show. You gotta be entertaining, even if they're like the best girls for him. Like you got. You had to. He's not looking for the best girl no. for him. Brett Michaels doesn't Clearly. give a shit about love. Yeah. yeah. He's never. None of these relationships have worked out. Yeah. Like we see a recap of like Amber being like, he's on the road. He's very driven and very <laughs> ambitious, and we have to be accountable to that, and we have to be accommodating to him. <laughs> Yeah, and God whoever Yu-Gi-Oh that won the first season, God rest her soul, wherever she may be. She's like in Chicago, I think. I'm sure she's just like killing it. Yeah. But it was really satisfying to see the women take back the power. Like there was so much like taking back of power until utter chaos. And then it switched gears into just like snooze fest mm-hmm. in this reunion, which kind of mirrored the, the actual season. season. Yeah. So we start off with fucking Ricky Racklin's back once more. He's, I guess, finally got a, like a full-time gig being the host of Daisy of Love. Which I, I'm like, hmm, I'm like intrigued by that. But also yeah. like, I don't know if I can do sad it. Sad for everyone that had to like deal with him on a regular basis. He looks like the 50-year-old guys I see on Tinder that, <laughs> that do it for free. That yeah. don't even do the paid version. And I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> Maybe like divorced or or just like a permanent married. child, yeah. like never married, still wearing chains and like have a some like picture of them skating or mm-hmm. doing something that's like very twenty something male activity, and you're just like, this is so sad. Who's you said fucking he, you? You said he looked like Arnold Friend from Where Are You Going? Where Have You Been? He like, has hooves. <laughs> he looks he is the devil he is he's, carrie noticed his huge bulge at some point and we were both dick. like whoa he has a huge dong he's a or he was just turned on he yeah. also we also decided that he is the fellas he yes when brett's saying fellas is it gay he's actually talking to ricky racklin mm-hmm. and so, ricky's like controlling brett's every move he's also like really passionate about brett i and, think that brett like it truly is that isn't it like a Tennessee thing or like the devil's bargain where like a, some fiddler like goes and the sees devil the came devil. Down to Georgia. Yeah. The devil came out of Georgia. With He's him. also. Brett. That's Brett coming down like from the Pennsylvania. Like, He's from Allegheny. Let's Brett is not Southern. He's from Allegheny. I know, country. but I feel like Brett hopped on a train and like went <laughs> down to the South and like found himself at the side of a Creek. And then, lo and behold, who came trotting out? It was Ricky Ragland. Hooves. Hooves. And he said, I can make you a star. But and you Brett's- have to give me your soul. And you'll be respo- I'll be responsible for everything you say and do. And you'll have to ask me for permission to do everything. Do we have a deal? Brett he went. Goes, he went, got to admit, I'm kind of turned on. <laughs> <laughs> you heard... Clip, 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 And he went, hey. Hey. You have to ask me if it's gay every five minutes. Mm-hmm. For the you don't want to be gay. Eternity. You can never be gay. Never if you're gay, gay, I'll shoot you down. If you never be gay, you can, I can't have your soul. So you got to be, you got to be, got to be not gay. Mm-hmm. Brett goes, I can do that. That I can do. Ho. Ho. hey <laughs> Look at those hooves. <laughs> um, I also have a theory that Taya's epic fall off the stage was the only reason that brett chose her because no one wanted to pay like her lasting medical bills like they didn't want to get sued because mm-hmm. she probably has like bone problems from that she has a permanent like dent you don't in her knee. fall no. like that this is from someone who is like literally a bum leg like once you injure 
you're forever at risk. And I really think that that put one of Taya's limbs at permanent risk. No, falling like that is like, like I fell once and I have a scar on my kneecap forever. Mm -hmm. It's like, you don't, you don't, you don't transcend that moment. No. Also, I have a theory that Ricky is in hibernation until the day before the re every <laughs> reunion and they let him out. He's like a cave bat. Yeah. He sleeps upside down. So, Brett's not surprisingly, hot, he's really excited. He introduces, he you know, shows off all the girls and he goes, and the most pretty of them all, Big John. Big John, silent throughout. Also, I have to say, the crowd is bigger in this one, and there's a lot more guys, a lot more actual fellas, and one gay, as Laura pointed out. <laughs> which I didn't even notice. Yeah, there's one gay that they keep cutting to, like, every time, like, a new girl comes on stage, or and, like, he is the barometer for, like, who the gays love. Yeah. every time, like, certain women, like, when Farrah and Ashley went up, he was like, whoa, yeah! And I was like, the gays love him. Yeah, and there's also one couple that like slapped each other's hands and hugged each other, like so excited. To, like, and they're just one that one of the guys when Brett finally comes out, one of the guys goes, "Yeah!" <laughs> like ultimate fan. Brett peeks. Brett like is like that that meme of Kim peeking behind the bush. Brett like peeks out of the corner, and Ricky walks back to get it. he waits for ricky to come escort him yeah well it's his master mm -hmm. yeah and then brett comes out he's looking fine he has like fresh extensions one sexy little braid coming down and he looks like he's had like all therapy or something on his neck he has he's a little bit of like of a jawline he also is wearing so much makeup it's maybe unreal. that's it he's caked he's igniting inch, my lesbian fantasies yeah he's very femme and it was like you know, he's feeling, again, feeling himself. Um, I love Ricky goes, gosh, Brett, there's just so many hot, beautiful women around all the time. Do you ever just get overwhelmed and you think, I need some me time to maybe just relax or read a novel? And Brett goes, that's never happened. I wrote, and I just wrote, he can't read. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, is it gay to read a novel? Yes. One of the Absolutely. gayest things, top of the list. One of the gayest things you can do is read. Uh, and one of the actual gayest things you can do is read a novel from start to finish. Yeah. <laughs> no. Just a little bit gay to like open a page and flip and like read Table a page contents, or two. Not that gay. Yeah. But once you get to the end of the novel and you're about to be done, to love a book. Is to love a man. Yeah. To love a man. dick in the ass. And, and, uh, when he says, no, I, I, that's not going to happen. The whole crowd goes, woo! <laughs> what if uh, the whole crowd is illiterate? What maybe. if we found out that everyone involved with this show was illiterate and that was like None of them can read. a producer question? Well, they bring out someone who's not illiterate. They bring out, the first person they bring out randomly is Constantina. They, she has like a whole segment, which I was like, well, okay, she was... I missed her. I craved her. I didn't realize how much I loved her. And when she's like, I am from Appalachia. The foothills of the Appalachians. Mm -hmm. And the audience gays loved her. I think she was brought out. They were just for the gays. out for the gays. The gays' favorites. The H1 was slowly learning that the gays dictate who is like fan favorites on shows. Mm -hmm. So they were like, we have to bring out. We have to appease the gays. Who, by the way, Constantina, I realize, looks like Barbara Hershey in Black Swan. Yeah. She has Barbara Hershey energy and she's looks a lot older, 
I think she also lied about her age, but that's fine. Probably. She looks great. She's wearing her bindi. She's wearing her third eye. And she's married now. Yeah, she got married in Times Square by the Naked Cowboy. That seems really off-brand for the kind of, like, spirituality. I'm just like, God, what a woman, a multifaceted woman. She, Brett's like, she talks about how she was celibate, and she and she was like, you didn't really get me a chance for me to explain that. I was hoping you'd be the one that breaks my cell. And then Brett goes, oh, well, why didn't you, now you're telling me. And everyone goes, oh. And, she, and then she goes, Brett, I want to bless you with something on if you allow me. And then he goes, all right. And she walks over to Ricky him. Ricky goes, be careful. <laughs> walks she, over to him and puts like a little jewel on his bandana. I think it fell off. And Brett goes, he goes, now I have a fourth eye. And I was like, did he just really say that? And he goes, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He made a gay joke. And then immediately took it back. Wait, what was the third eye? like? The third eye is your butthole. Oh, your asshole. <laughs> your brown eye. I literally was like, oh my God, he did not just say that. That's what I was thinking, but I wasn't sure. No, like, it I didn't... literally was. And then he goes, just kidding. Just kidding. Ricky zapped him. He went. Gave him the devil's zap. Hey. Brett. Hey. Just fellas. Kidding. The fellas. Gay. Um, we bring out Marcia who, and we talk about her. Well, first they bring down like three of the like women who were clearly struggling with like substance abuse issues. Uh, Gia, Marcia and DJ lady tribe, Nikki and Marcia. We do like a little recap of her on the show and vomiting and then eating Doritos and then going, I have a gift for you, Brett, and then kissing him. Marcia is a walking intervention episode. She is. She looks, it's like exactly all the trademarks of one of the great interventions is like vomiting, making out with someone with like vomit, Torito breath, and like just being a gent, choking someone. Remember when she choked Ashley? Yeah. That was wild. That was wild. I love, and they both just still were on the show. And DJ Lady Tribe, who remains unwell. <laughs> Well, so Gia and DJ Lady Tribe claim that they're both sober. Gia's, I think Gia might be sober. Gia's, her sobriety seemed a little bit more believable. She might be like Cali sober. I loved Ricky going, so after watching yourselves on the show, do any of you think you might have a problem with alcohol? And Gia goes, yeah. They all kind of go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. DJ Lady Tribe goes, I went, she goes, I Right out there, put me in a rehab. And I went for two weeks and I uh, learned a lot about being sober. So yeah, I'm on that journey. And then and then Ricky That's a lie. I was a like, friend what rehab? In the audience? No, a friend like in the just in the world. In the universe. <laughs> what rehab did you go to for, for two, two weeks? weeks? Did you escape? <laughs> yeah, like Did you escape to be on this make this appearance? So yeah, yeah. I mean I've learned a lot about being sober i was like you the friend out there is a judge (laughs) (laughs) court ordered rehab stint that you are now in violation of to be on the show dj lady tribe yeah i went for two weeks (laughs) and it was really really uh you know taught me a lot about sobriety the the cops are actively looking for her sorry they're in the building Notice she used to. She goes, my friend. My when friend. she's in court, hey friend. <laughs> yeah. Long time no see. I can tell you really care about me. It's an orderly. It's a 
the court security guard. Whoa. Whoa, friend out there put me in a rehab two for weeks. two weeks. It was really great. I learned so much about just being sober. And he goes, well, good luck to all of you on your sobriety. And then everyone cheers kind of tepidly. And then they bring out Brittany. Oh. Back well, from- I think they bring the blondirage out first. Did they? Yeah, they brought the blonde. Oh, they did. Out. Sorry, I missed so they I go, skipped that. They go, um, few people were as exciting as the blonde Raj. And he goes, Farah, Ashley, and Melissa, come on up here. And the get Farah and Ashley stand up. The gays go wild. Yeah. It's the most applause anyone's got in the entire yeah. episode. They take to the stage, sit on the couch, and then Melissa goes and sits Is it next Melissa to or Gia? It was Melissa. Oh, Melissa. Melissa was the one who was like back and forth on she was like i need to leave but then she would stay oh, yeah 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 and also she was not part of the blondrage and i was like what is she doing up there and immediately ashley goes who is she who's she, she? i think she was a member of the blondrage for like the first day yeah but and not like, like a diehard she was not like a diehard member of the well blondrage. no and then farah and ashley revealed that they've made a myspace page together and brett hasn't accepted their request <laughs> myspace culture I it was so it. real. It was so real. I love them just like bullying Melissa. And Who then eventually they just send Melissa. They bring her up to stage sitter. And then Ashley and Vera go, Who's she? She's not blonde. Or she's some crazy fan. Get her out of here. And, they and Ricky do. goes, Melissa, why don't you go sit back down? I'm going to talk to him. And I was like, Oh my God. That is a true, that's a dirt nap. Like I would, I would fully. <laughs> Ashley and Farah are also completely blackout. Again, <laughs> Ashley's like, "Who's that? Who's that? She's not Blondrage. Get her out of here!" I, and then the audience, Ricky goes, "We're gonna do a little audience test to see who is Blondrage." She goes, "Ashley and Farah," and then Woo! the audience goes, "Yeah!" And he goes, "Melissa," and everyone goes, "Boo! Get her out of here!" How humiliating! <laughs> and they go, Can you imagine, Melissa? Get her out! Get on. Get on back there. Brett went, get her out of here. Get her out of here, boys. Ashley says, makes a joke about giving Brett a hand job. <laughs> so I'm like, did they actually fuck or did she just, what if she just jerked him off? She probably did just jerk him off. <laughs> I think t- Brett is terrified of Ashley and Farrah. Yeah. He's like looking at them like he doesn't know what move they're going to make next. And I like to see Brett squirm. Ashley. <laughs> 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 I believe she was like, God, I guess I'll just do this really quick. Oh, God, get it over with. And then it was like, Ugh, I got to go hang out with Farrah and tell her about this. Wipe my hand off of the t- Kleenex. Go okay. wipe it on a leopard, <laughs> like a leopard curtain of the bus. Yeah. And <laughs> went back and was like, Farrah, you'll never believe what I just went through. And then they laughed and laughed yeah. at Brett's penis. They, uh, Ricky goes, what's the point of the blondrage? And she goes, the point of the blondrage would be what the fuck is the point of Rogablev without us? And everyone just goes, woo! And she goes, who the hell wants to see Taya crimp her hair for eight hours? Where's and the like, true. And then Ricky's like, so... This is like where they fully... Di- they like There was a coup in this mm-hmm. episode, and it was Farrah and Ashley like owning the night. Mm-hmm. Ricky goes, so Ashley, like I hear you're into chicks. And she goes, of course I'm into chicks. 
Minda Britannia, that hot bitch. She goes, hey, Britannia. And then we just see Britannia, who doesn't get her own moment. Until, like, she they included, like, a final yeah. scene of her where she reveals that she's had butt implants and that she looks incredible. Yeah, but she kind of just goes, like, hmm. She's like, hmm. And I was like, that's, I want to see that. They were, Ashley and Pharaoh were, like, too much for the show. They took over. Like, I can't believe they didn't get their own show after this. Yeah. Because mm. they... And I never thought I would get to the point where I was like, I fucking love these two, but I fucking love them. Well, then they bring out like the 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 worst of the blondes, Brittany. She comes back from wherever the fuck she's been for three months. <laughs> the mental hospital. <laughs> in she's another escapee. She <laughs> she is a full blown escapee. Well, and then th- collector like, of socks. Yeah, s- sweaty socks. That was. That was really troubling. And every, also a full-blown racist. Yeah, like everything she said and did was, was troubling and horrifying. Ricky kind of is like, you know, I think what you said about Natasha was like kind of disturbing and maybe you should apologize. And she's like, no, no, that's not what I meant. What I meant was that Brett's usual type is blonde and blue-eyed and Natasha isn't like that. And everyone was just kind of like, Whoa. Mm, well, let's look I at the I love being tapes. like you misinterpreted what I said. What I meant was like another equally, if not more racist statement. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> she goes up to the stage and she goes, how the hell have you been to Brett? And I was like, this, get her out of here. Brett looked afraid. He's terrified of most of these women. Yeah. How the hell have you been? <laughs> if someone says that to you. Run. Um, then out of, then natasha who they didn't give her her segment which no. i was like robbed they did like truly a psychotic and pretty racist thing which was like key her up with like let people say racist things against her and then like get her angry and then she like punches well, not only some- not only racist trans they, they bring in the transphobic thing again did they say that again kelsey natasha says something then kelsey goes you do porn and natasha goes six figures baby I make six figures and she says something and she goes, okay, Nathaniel. Well, Kelsey gets her fucking day. And then Natasha comes down and just pushes her off her bar stool. Hell yeah. I hope she killed her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go full Chrissy on this. But yeah, Natasha just like knocks her out and then they get, they care. They like escort her backstage and that's the last we see of her. But honestly, good she had to do what was what was done yeah kelsey deserved it she definitely deserved it yeah wait i also loved when ricky asked natasha he was like what do you think natasha are you brett's type and she goes it doesn't matter if i'm his type or not the question is is he mine and i was like the gays love natasha the gays love it i love that she Literally, Kelsey was sitting on a bar stool at the edge of the stage. You should never, A, talk shit to someone when you're sitting on the edge of the stage on a bar stool. Yeah, she had it coming. When you know that things are going to get physical on these types of episodes. But I just also didn't... It was like the... It was the, like, keying up, like, a black woman to then be like, oh, she threw fists, which were totally deserved, but that's, like... That's reality television and the... Deeply problematic. <laughs> Love that we never heard from Kelsey again. Yeah. Kelsey. She like suffered a brain hemorrhage. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> like they picked her up and just took her away. Yeah. Well. They probably injured her more by picking her up like that. I instead know. of putting her on like a gurney. <laughs> they all carried her like gladiator <laughs> at the end. 
He was a soldier of Rome. Imagine if your legacy was that you got so drunk you laid on a speed bump sobbing and then Natasha pushed you off of the stage. Yeah. What a mess. And then Ricky randomly asked Brett. He goes, Brett, I got to ask you, Ginger or Marianne? And then I was like, wait, is he, is he talking about Gilligan's Island right now? Yeah, what the hell? And then Brett's like, you know, Ginger's obviously the hot one, but there's something about I just wanted to rail Marianne. Ew. Okay. Okay. Like, why are we... What? Gilligan's Isle? Okay. This is just like some... Geriatric shit. <laughs> the devil questioning. But like The also, devil's always playing games with Brett. No one... And I don't think anyone in that audience knew what they were talking about. No. It was such a... They wasted so much time in this episode. Like, we didn't get to hear from Beverly yeah. at all. Didn't... Well, we do a little later. <laughs> we might have gotten to hear from Kelsey had she not gotten, like, taken out by Natasha... We didn't get to hear from Britannia until about just that final snip. Like I wanted to talk about Maria and what horrible illness she went through when she mm. got eliminated. She wasn't there. She was there. Oh, she was? She was in the background. She was looking pretty sick by the end. Oh. Like she didn't look well. Is she alive? TBD. Like there were so many women that I was like, oh, it's good to see them. I forgot they were even a part of this. And then we focused like the last 25 minutes on Mindy and Taya, the most yeah. boring people on the planet. I don't want to get too much into Mindy, but Mindy comes out. She has her hair is unreal. She has teased to hell. She has the worst hair extensions I've ever seen, honestly. And she walks out and just takes Brett's face and passionately makes out with him. And everyone goes, woo! And everyone is like so on Mindy's side. Like Ricky's like, Brett, I gotta say, man, I was a little bummed that you didn't pick Mindy. I think I think you made a mistake, man. I just gotta say. I think you really made a mistake. And I was like, okay, Ricky. Yeah. And then Brett obviously like makes a boner joke. He's made three different boner jokes during the course of this reunion so far. Being like, whoo. I got to adjust. (laughs) And then Ricky goes, Brett, you made the wrong decision. If I didn't say anything, I'd regret it. I was like, there's... It's a little too late, Ricky. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of other things you could be regretting, Ricky. We're now at the end of the reunion, so you should have weighed in earlier. Mindy's all teary. She's like, I was in love with you. I was fully in love with you. And my biggest regret is that I didn't look you in the face and say my feelings to you face to face. And then Brett kind of was like, well, he's like... (laughs) I mean, we had a good time together, but I think we'll always be close. Mm, really? Like, and then Mindy's kind of like, I think she was thinking, expecting that he would change his mind. Yeah. And he's like, nope. New. And she's like, all right. Okay. And then Ricky's like, Mindy, what's been good about being on the show? And she says that the good thing is that old Navy staff members come up to her and ask her for pictures. Does she work there? I don't know. She seems she strikes me as someone that's like constantly in a place of old knaves. Hey, old navy has some good stuff. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying. Hey, watch it. Mindy loves an old knaves moment, and old knaves loves her right back. Hmm. So when she's choosing out like a colorful <laughs> fleece for the winter, <laughs> in their strange like warehouse feel with those. You know those like grave that cement floor that Old Navy has? What yeah, is that? I don't know. Why I haven't do they been all in have an that? Old Navy in years. What does it mean? It's just like so industrial. It what literally is, is like we made this fresh at the factory for you guys. But why is it called Old Navy? 
I don't know. There's actually nothing nautical about it. Was it made on a ship? The first store was... What if it's like the clothes the Navy used to wear before we put them in uniforms? The old Navy. The old Navy. From, <laughs> there was like an, there was a secret Navy that no one knows about. The old Navy. The where old... everyone was, took a more casual approach. <laughs> the only Navy I recognize now is Rihanna's Navy. <laughs> the old Navy where they wore bootcut jeans and some fleece vests. And that was just like the old Navy. And then Amy Poehler did commercials for them. Literally everyone's done an Old Navy. Doesn't RuPaul's done Old Navy commercials? Yeah. No I mean, one... if, if Old Navy wanted to sponsor this podcast, I'd say hey, hell yeah. Yeah, me too. I used to always get their 4th of July flag shirts. I truly don't. I don't understand. <laughs> you know those ones I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. My I remember the first time I saw a girl in middle school wearing an Old Navy sweatshirt. And I immediately, I was like, <gasps> and then immediately had to go to Old Navy and get a sweatshirt. Now I'm thinking about the old Gap commercials that we've talked about. Yeah, classic. That was like heyday. The heyday. The West Side Story. Chinos, bootcut jeans, and fleece. Mm. Staff members at Old Navy set me aside, and she goes, "It feels good that people want to come up to you and say, hey, I know you from that show.' <laughs> I love that for her. God bless you, Mindy. May we all just have fans approaching us. So Mindy kind of just skitters off like a crab. Yeah, and then they bring her out. The, the they thank God we only have like five minutes of her, which I think they knew that no one wanted to even spend that much time on Taya. But even they filled up this reunion with like a four minute montage of Brett and Taya's relationship yeah. on the show, and I'm I went, like, fast forward. This is key real estate that you could have Brit- like Brittany, Brittany, Beverly, Beverly, for the love of Britannia, God, Beverly, sorry, not Brittany, but like Beverly. Well, so then, then they bring out Taya. She looks like, bar- you know, bargain, <laughs> bottom of the barrel, Barbarella. She comes out and she in an also evening her- gown. What in an evening gown like a, again? But like a, a like a chrome evening gown. Another pageant gown. Chrome. Um, she comes out and everyone's kind of like tepid again because everyone's on Mindy's side, and then she she comes out and. Ashley and Farah have their backs to her. They're sitting face. <laughs> you just see their the backs of their blonde hair the entire time. Yeah, facing facing up, Incredible. having vertigo. Yeah, um, looking at Maria, <laughs> top, who's like Maria, who's like seemingly she's, just she's struggling. Unwell. Yeah, she's like kind of leaning. You can tell it's like the lights are too hot. Like they haven't spoken to her at all. Like. It would really be annoying to be on this show for three episodes and then be expected to fly out to LA and like film a reunion for hours. This couple in the audience, when Taya comes out, they start like, they like hug each other. They're so happy to see her. <laughs> she comes out and Brett and her kind of have like awkward combo and then they kiss and then she sits down and Ricky goes, hey, uh, Taya, you, you got a little lipstick on your teeth. I love that. Troll. And she was like, Ooh, and Brett goes, it's all right. Everyone's so mean to Taya, and she kind of deserves it because she was just, like, annoying. Ricky goes, hey, Taya, I heard you might be in penthouse. And she goes, what? And then they just, like, and then at one point, Beverly, who's, like, clearly so drunk. First of all, Brit, uh, Taya's eyebrows, her, her drawn-out eyebrows and have gotten so long and huge. And then Beverly has no eyebrows. Beverly's sitting there with her elbow on the table, sitting next to Mindy, just heckling Taya from the audience going, that's why you've been working at the airport. Airport stripper. stripper. 
fuck you. And then everyone goes, and then you just see Beverly. What? She has she has zero eyebrows. Her yeah. eyebrows are they've been raptured. Taya raptured Beverly's eyebrows right off her face and put them on her own. Cause I was like, Taya's eyebrows were the thing that bothered me most. Where I was like, get your eyebrow game together, you bitch. And like <laughs> then finally the only good thing that she brought to the reunion was that she had fixed her brows, but at the at the cost of Beverly's. Yeah. And then Beverly at one point looks at Mindy, starts going like like at one point, Taya's like, I feel like, you know, I had less closure than, say, even Mindy. Because, and then Mindy goes, Does it seem like I've had closure? Did anyone just see me on that stage right now? And then everyone goes, Woo! And, and then, like, and, no, because no one cares about you, Mindy. And then we look at Beverly, and Taya keeps talking, and they keep cutting to Beverly, and she does like basically the jerk off motion, and she's like, Big whoop. <laughs> Get a load of this one. Ah, fuck you. Go to the airport. Airport stripper. <laughs> what? I got to live it in for fucking salty. I'm fucking salty. <laughs> we needed Tiffany now more than ever to come in here. Oh, fuck. Beverly is like leaning on the table, just like Drunk. fully over it. She's cooked. Hasn't seen her kids in like a year. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> fuck I forgot you. about her really sad life. Ste- now with no eyebrows. Stealing things from the hotel. Stealing any free Merch. things you can get. Being like, this will be a great gift for my kids. I'm gonna get we sign this later for I'm gonna need you to sign this for my kids. Mom's gotta do it, mom's gotta do. Damn. And then apparently Brett and Taya didn't see or speak to each other for three months. Yeah, they're the great beginnings of a new relationship. And Brett's like, We're gonna see how things go. I'm like, you're never gonna see her again. Yeah. You're going to try and fuck her and she probably won't fuck you because she knows better. She's married. Yeah. She got married in the last, like you. (laughs) Speaking of marriage, there's a point where Ricky's like, okay, all the girls, did any of you girls happen to get engaged right after Brett? And like a bunch of the girls like raise their hands. He's like, did anyone happen to get married? And then one of the girls raises her hand. He goes, does anyone have kids? And then one of the girls raises her hand. I was like, someone went and lived like her full life truth. After someone this. came I was like, full term pregnancy she? in three months. <laughs> she like gave, she like didn't, or she was somehow hiding it and then gave birth like immediately after being on the show, sent her into like, she accelerated her like womanhood, met a man, got knocked up, married, and had a full child within a three month period of time. And that baby is the Antichrist. Yeah. That will fight Ricky. Yeah, and then it just kinda ends. Yeah. That's he's it, like, guys. Bet you bought some engagement rings. When we come back from this commercial bake, we'll find out what's gonna happen with them. And I was like, spoiler alert, nothing. Yeah, they never No engagement. And they're just going to see how it goes. And then it's just suddenly this reign of terror that Rock of Love brought on the nation is just over. But isn't that so fitting? Yeah. Something that volatile could only burn so hard for so long. It's like, it's the Vanderpump Rules effect too, where like... It captivated a nation and then... It just flames so hard and then just like burns out. Yeah. Well, speaking of Vanderpump, guys, and the Beverly Hills adjacent world tune into our bonus episode because we actually are discussing hulu's new the housewife and the hustler an abc production about erica jane erica girardi and her husband tom girardi so as this series comes to an end may we learn some lesson Mm -hmm. have you learned anything from this 
I've I learned. <laughs> I've learned actually less. Yeah. I've learned negative. I have just enjoyed. Until I've enjoyed it. Until I've enjoyed I didn't. until I didn't. Same. But that feels good. It it's, feels like some sort of closure. There's closure I'm realizing in the non-closure of the reality universe. But the ripple effect of of this show and kind of going through it through it with all the listeners remains. Like even this weekend, I I a photo a photo was posted of me wearing a cowboy hat in the sun, and then someone messaged me. It's why I wear my hat. <laughs> it's why I wear my hat. And I I still follow Rodeo on social media. Mm-hmm. Love her. <laughs> She's still kicking. I worry. I worry um, she's selling real estate. Anyone that lives in Georgia, buy a house from Rodeo. Compass Realty. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah. This show has given us some of the greats. And some of the worst. And some of the not so great. Brett is still doing his thing. He's still, you know, probably. He should do another. He sh- They should reboot Rock of Love, honestly. He just kind of like makes video. I've checked in with him during the pandemic. Just him kind of like in his mansion. What's he up to? Just doing lots of charities for like vets, army people. Kind of a little, seeming a little right, right leaning. Yeah. But. I get that sense. But I also feel like now is the time to capitalize on like a reboot scenario. Were he ever to do that? Yeah. Is the culture ready for that? He has a really robust merch shop on his website. Perhaps too robust. He might have a little bit of a resurgence when the Pam Tommy Lee show comes out. Oh, yeah. Because of his involvement with them. And who knows? The world Um, is his oyster. But I, you know, I wish these women well. I hope that they've reached some kind of serenity. Um, And... I'm grateful that we went on this journey. Me too. I'm grateful that it's over. <laughs> Me too. I'm ready to like... I'm ready I'm, to move on. I'm ready to move on. I'm feeling like maybe our next focus needs to be more Jersey oriented because I just really miss We need to head Jersey back to the East Coast. Yeah, it's time to go back East. We've spent enough time in California. It's time to head back to where it all began. Where my girls are, Jersey. Um, so guys, um, stay tuned for whatever iteration we come up with next yeah um and uh, i'm grateful for the women of rock of love because they are the ones that truly made the show worth yeah watching. not those were not always Brett. the people that we ter- tuned in for and i think that the show really lost sight of that it did and then paid the ultimate price women women make the world go round always trust women yeah even if you can't trust them you should trust them they're the they're the ones. Mm-hmm. So another example of that. Sh- um, shining example. Shout out to women. Shout out to women. You guys are killing it. You guys are killing it out there. Um, yeah. Tune into our bonus episode. Patreon.com slash podcast. Follow Carrie on Insta at eCario. Follow Lara on Insta at Lars Marie. And, and that's all. See you on the road. Bye. Bye. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.